Welcome to Radio 5G, where we sort fact from fiction, conspiracy from falsehood, reality from the unknown. And by doing so, we change the collective consciousness of humanity. A production of CosmicReality.com Welcome to Radio 5G's Cosmic Soup Show, which is a pre-recording to air on January 31st, 2024. The first hour is an update to the question of what really happened in Lahana, Hawaii, with the Scorched Earth event August 8th through 11th, 2023. The authorities called it caused by wildfires. No one who is even slightly awake believes that. Samantha Starkey and Dave Hodges provide an update that gives more clarity on the why and who behind the nightmare. In the second hour, there is a discussion of prophecies made by Kim Clement that were stunningly accurate. This show might just give you a deeper appreciation for the many layers of reality that we are beginning to understand. Thank you for listening. Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show, and uh, I can't promise that you're not going to get a little coughing here from me, but evil doesn't take a day off and neither can we. So uh, we're here and uh, we're going to continue. You know, we're freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And to our friends around the world, thank you. I know I always read America, but you guys in Ireland rock. We've covered that free speech movement there and the terrible things going on. Uh, You German farmers are awesome. And so there's freedom spreading around the world. And it's funny, the World Economic Forum thinks all they got to do is shut us up and everything will be fine. Horse is out of the barn, baby. The horse is out of the barn. You can ban me from YouTube and ban anybody else, but the people know. Uh, One quick thing before we go to our sponsor and then our guest. There was a poll taken in Iowa among voters on uh, election night. And they said, was the 2020 election stolen from Donald Trump? Almost 66% of Iowans answered yes. Horse is out of the barn. You can do your censorship all you want. It ain't going to change what's coming. And I think at some level they fear it. They brought on witches in the World Economic Forum stage. I've watched the videos. They're laughable. Uh, I recommend you not watch them if you keyword search. Yeah, if if you watch them, make sure you're not eating or drinking anything. You might get a cheese sandwich passed through your nose. <laughs> anyway, you you can see uh, here and see that we have Samantha Starkey with us, and uh, we go back to the uh, Lahaina genocidal event days and the missing children. And yeah, I'm kind of cueing you for what what's coming. But before we go there, let me just share this with you. Biden is collapsing the economy. Uh, I've covered I've covered on the Rumble Channel a lot in the last two days all the things he's doing. You can't do this much and not have it be intentional. You need to be in a parallel economy, and if you have a retirement in the bank, it needs to be out. Any kind of financial interest they can take it under the Dodd Frank Law of 2010. So you need to get it out of the bank, and you need to do it as soon as possible. Also, the same thing applies to your bank account. Leave operating capital in there, but get the bulk out because once this starts, you ain't getting your money. Uh, they set the order of repayments. You ain't in the group. It doesn't get past the credit swap derivatives people. And I don't think any of you here are into credit swap derivatives. You're not getting your money back. So please listen to me. 
I want to send you a free information packet, DaveHodgesGold.com. DaveHodgesGold.com is where you go. Or if you feel urgency, which you should, then you need to go and call 877-646-5347, 877-646-5347. And you'll see very quickly why I've been affiliated with Noble Gold as long as I have. By the way, the federal government, uh, and they didn't do this for uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, but we clearly follow the rules here. No investment's guaranteed. There's always an inherent risk, and past performance can't be indicative of future expectations. We agree with giving that warning. But I'll tell you what, the warning should be given, leave your money in the bank and go home crying like it's 1929. And I'm being very serious about this, people. So um, uh, we're glad to give the warning. I have been an advertiser for Noble Gold for over six years. I've been a customer multiple times over, over five years. And I think that speaks volumes. Please, please, please don't be a victim. We need strong, healthy, as secure as possible, financially secure people to take back the world. It's not just the country any longer. This is a global movement. Samantha, good to see you. And and since we got booted, you have been such a, a wonderful resource helping direct people to our new Rumble channel, The Common Sense Show, No Spaces. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, but uh, we were partners in fighting against government-sponsored genocide in uh, Maui, particularly Lahaina. And uh, I want to start with the thing that concerns me the most. The Bible says, better to tie a millstone around your neck than bring harm to a child. Governor of Hawaii, I hope you're listening to that. Uh, Do we have any updates on the 2,000 missing children? Okay, so originally most people know the reason I went to Maui in the very, very beginning back in September, mainly focused on the missing children. Um, I went with several goals in place, one of which was, were there 2,000 children missing? Could they have pulled that off? Where would they have brought them? Um, I wanted to know, um, was it a DEW attack? How are the people doing? I wanted boots on ground because I know how things can be misinterpreted through news Mm -hmm. and, and people just, you know, contemplation and that kind of stuff. So I got to Maui. The first thing I noticed, Dave, boots on ground, not one missing child picture. No whispering. Um, yeah, I went to the hubs. I went everywhere and I talked to people because I'm a talker, you know, from the South. Everybody's my friend until you're my enemy kind of mentality. Yeah. And I got to know people who were indigenous to the island for 10 generations and they became like family and they assured me they were like, listen, the police blocked people in. They burned to death because of the police. Yes. Um, the fire, Sam, half the people told me they believed it was DEW. The, I mean, the, yeah, the do, the other half told me we feel like it was the island had not been taken care of, water wars, you know, dry land, the whole nine yards. And I said, but guys, what about the children? And what I got that was a resounding, our children were not taken. However, there are over 250 children still not accounted for through the school board. They're not in any other states. They're not re-registered in school. They're not claimed on homeschooling. So what we have realized is, and I have spoken to people, their children died and the state did not claim their children's death in the fire. Mm -hmm. So there was not a mass kidnapping day, but there was a mass genocide of over 250 children that are still not accounted for. 
Let me tell you what I found, and and I haven't updated this since I would say probably October of last year. I found 2,000 missing kids, and I went off their uh, Department of Education. On homeschooling. So what we have realized is, and I have spoken to people, their children died, and the state did not claim their children's death in the fire. Mm-hmm. So there was not a mass kidnapping day, but there was a mass genocide of over 250 children that are still not accounted for. Let me tell you what I found, and, and I haven't updated this since I would say probably October of last year. I found 2,000 missing kids, and I went off their uh, Department of Education figures. I took the total sum total of the schools that were open on that day. And that was, that gave you a low figure because, you know, there could have been right. kids in, there could have been kids in the town. We saw the Lahaina school buses hurrying out, uh, 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 tourists and the kids weren't on those buses. So they weren't no. bussed out. They took those people to the airport. And, um, and, and I, and I started, so, so here's the, the numbers in Maui for school children in Lahaina. And here's the DOE figures. Here's who re-registered. Here's who's doing independent study. Here's who went to a different school district. They listed the figures. And I came up with 2,000 missing kids total from that area. Now, I know things could have happened since October and kids reappeared or whatever happened, happened. Uh, but we caught the school district in a lie saying none of the, none of the schools were open that day. That's a lie. Two of the three schools were open. Yes. Okay. The and ninth ver- graders were in school. Yeah. And I verified that on their website and then they scrubbed the website, but I verified that and I, and I actually publicized that when I was over on the YT channel. So, you know, I'm, I, I'm glad to hear that maybe it's only 250 and your figures are probably later than mine, but I, I you know, I don't care if it's 20 kids or two kids. That's right. It's these too many. people, these people don't care what happened to these kids and you're, you're absolutely right. Not, you know what you see when you have a kid's disaster, like school shootings and stuff, you see teddy bears and little trees planted and crosses. And we see none of that in Lahaina. Uh, How do you explain this? Um, all I can say is that while we were there, the second time I went back in Maui in October, I actually got to meet, uh, mayor Bisson in person I went to, um, they were doing a budget meeting and I went to the meeting and I sat there, I recorded the whole thing and I actually stood up and spoke. And basically I fussed at them because they wanted to cut all of the services to the elderly, to the homeless, to the children and put all that money, you know, back into cleaning up after the Lahaina fire. And I remember telling him he should, you know, put a tax on the tourist. But afterwards, when I was speaking to him, something I noticed was that you couldn't get him alone, for one, and you couldn't get him to make eye contact. And he would not answer a direct question. And when I was done speaking, my husband said, why didn't you ask him about the children? I said, did you not see what happened to the last person that asked him about the children? Headlocked and dragged out. Yeah, I saw that. Yes. And and then basically harassed off of the island. And we still had like four or five days left of um donating our time at farms and hubs and stuff like that. And I didn't want to get harassed off the island. But our figures on the missing children are a little bit more updated. We took some numbers from the school board in um December 
that we found. And that is how we came up with the 250 that they still cannot locate. They, these kids are nowhere to be found. They have nowhere. Now, I know a lot of people were under the impression that the children were possibly bused to like Bezos or Bezos, whatever people call him, um, to his property or moved in underground tunnels. But I drove that island several times on two different, you know, um, mission trips. There was no way to get the, that amount of children out of there. The only water dock available close to the fire, there were people actually filming there. And then, you know, I had people come at me with, well, you know, they took them to the airport. That's a possibility, except for the fact that it's native people and locals that work the airport. And though I know a lot of people can be dirty, we're not letting you take our children off of an island. Not willingly. Those people working at the airport would have never loaded hundreds and hundreds of children up and not told someone what they saw. They, they wouldn't have. I just, I can't believe that everybody would have been down with it. So in my mind, 250 children burned in that inferno and the government will not account for it. They just don't want to admit it. Yeah. The, uh, let's go back to the morning of, um, were the kids in school originally and then released? Okay. So what I found out, and this is what we had heard. The ninth graders were at the school. There is also a school. Um, basically it's like a, um, uh, what do you call it? The rich people send their kids to them. Um, prep school where you, yes, sir. So there's like a, like a prep school where kids can live. Those children were also at the school during the fire. Mm-hmm. And there is a video clip of the superintendent bragging about how the principal saved these children right. whose parents pay $60,000 a year for their children to be housed. He saved those children. Not one of those kids came up missing, and I'm thankful for that. I am. But when you go back to the records, ninth graders were in school. That means the babies, the itty-bitties, were at home. And after going to Maui twice, Hearing people tell me, Sam, we can't make it here. We're being priced out of our neighborhoods. Our taxes, our home taxes are going up every single year. I sat in budget meetings. I heard a gentleman say, when I purchased my home, it cost this. My taxes were this. A month ago, someone purchased a home right down the road from me for $2.1 million, And now my property taxes have gone up again. So I'm hearing people say, we can't afford to live here. We're working two and three jobs, both mom, dad. And so people depend on the schools to keep their children and on older children to watch the younger kids when they're home. So when this fire popped off, all the adults, the majority of them, were working. The older kids were at school. That left your itty-bitties home alone. During an inferno, Dave, and I, I honestly believe these babies didn't know where to go or how to get out. You know, from what I've seen from um, Hawaiian Realtor, um, more than an inferno, there were directed energy attacks from aerial sources. I saw videos of, of cars, and you could see right-angle burn uh, marks. 
and the cars were burned, but the surrounding vegetation was left, and the housing surrounding, nice housing was left intact. Um, and people talked about bolts of lightning from the sky that were targeting people in their cars. I'm sure you heard the same stories. I had people writing to me from Lahaina telling me this. This yes. was an attack. Um, the other thing, too, we should mention in addition to the police block, and by the way, I published the video, so there's not even a debate. Did they block the exits? Yes. Yes. But the other thing yes, they, they did, did, they didn't turn on the sirens, and they lied in their first press conference and said people to run uphill into the fire and burned up. No, Hawaii state law says you you play the sirens for any kind of an emergency, and it's required. It's a law. So they, the police chief lied, the mayor lied, and the, the present head at that time of the emergency services lied. Yes. And, and they lied in their press conference. And and no one's held the, the governor lied. No one's held him accountable. The other thing I wanted to, to confirm with you, too, is Lahaina had reached. Well, first of all, backing up, the governor had gone to a uh, U.N. meeting where he said, we're going to do smart cities. OK, and that was sure in January. Did. That was in January after he was elected. And um, we have the video of it. I played it on my YouTube channel at the time. And then a couple of days before, I don't remember the exact time frame, but it was less than a week, he declared Lahaina to be an historically preserved site, but only if there was not a natural disaster. Can you address that a little bit? Um, you are correct on that. So what the Governor Green did was he passed laws or, or an executive orders, from my understanding, saying that if a natural disaster happened, and everything was wiped out, then the state could come in and regulate how it was rebuilt, how it was preserved, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. to speak, without having the the native councils that protected heritage land involved in those decisions. Right. So basically, he created a loophole to avoid the people mm-hmm. that were placed there to protect heritage sites, grave sites, and historical, you know, historical significance to the natives of the island. So he was able to create a loophole that within nine days of creating, he was able to use to his benefit. And a lot of people do not understand there was also something called homestead. There was a homesteading lawsuit that had been being fought for 20 plus years people died on this list waiting to get their land and to get their money from the state they won it in july the money was going to be issued in september the fires happened in august and now you have the issue of who is who is still alive in these families to receive these millions of dollars plus land. David stinks no matter which way Mm -hmm. you turn it. I agree. It just, it's too many coincidences and I don't believe in those. Do you you make anything of the fact that the day after the fire, Jeff Bezos came out and made an offer of a hundred million dollar donation to build a smart city where Lahaina stood? Um, I had just recently heard of this, and I'll be honest, I just also realized that he took over a cattle company. I don't know when he took it over, but I saw the information just the other day, and I ate at that cattle company. It had been owned 
by the same family for generations running cattle in Maui. And now all of a sudden he owns that too. So it does make you think, how are these people coming in and taking over generational businesses? And it's the food supply for an island. Now, food security is a big deal. It's it's what I do. I am always working to close the gap of hungry people in my community. It's what I do for a living. And when I was on Maui, I visited multiple farms, multiple I went all over that island looking at water, how the water flowed, um, who had, you know, the legalities of the water. I met people that had land but couldn't use it because the water had been diverted. There's so much going on. It's a power struggle with that island right now. But the number one thing that hit me, David, it, it gave me chill bumps, was that if all of a sudden supplies got cut off to that island, there's only like a three to four days worth of food to feed the amount of people that live there and they would starve to death Mm -hmm. and now he's come in jeff's come in and taken over a cattle company you know and it just makes you wonder why Uh, it's just absolutely amazing to me the other thing i wanted to ask you about too uh oh by the way i should mention this too to support what you're saying in the aftermath, I started covering this on August 9th because at first I thought it was just a terrible disaster. I go, oh, horrible. My wife and I have vacationed there. When she was a corporate executive, we used to be sent there on company vacation time. Uh, we have very fond memories of the area and the people and the businesses. And I, I was horror struck. But the, by the next day, I started to see things I didn't like. I wasn't looking for a conspiracy, but I, it was right there staring me in the face. That first press conference really got my attention. I said, these people are lying through their teeth. And so the one thing that also these people did is when I started writing about this and then I did videos on this, I had a lot of people contact me and I would ask them back. I'd say, what do you fear the most going forward? You know, how can we be of service to you? And they said, we fear the developers. I've never heard disaster survivors say that before. And because right. I've I covered Katrina, I covered all these other things that have happened, Hurricane Harvey, and I never heard anything about developers. And every one of these people said the developers have been after us for a couple generations. They want us off our land, and this is their excuse. And they oh, blame. Yeah. I met yeah. a woman. I met a woman that I tried to network into you, but she was. Um, I think you were probably right. I won't give her name, but she was terrified. She had been beaten, raped, and left in a field. The police never did anything to the people who attacked her. Mm -hmm. Um, And it literally has to do with one of the biggest families, plantation families on Maui. That is still, it's um, one of the, um, oh, he has, wow, their, their name will pop on my head in a second. But anyway, they're there. And they took one of her homes from her and were in the process of taking her other home. It is such a water and land war. I've never seen anything like it. I met a young woman at the meeting that my husband and I went to. We went to the budget meeting in up country. And I met a young woman there. She spoke. I recorded her. We gave her several hundred dollars uh, of donated money people had sent with us. She had more land than any other person in Maui. And she was the caretaker of her family. But here's the kicker. If she sells one acre, they lose all of it. 
That's how somehow it's written up that way. And they had been growing her, her brothers, her family. They've been bringing the land back to life. They were growing their traditional crops. They were starting to bring in some money doing that, putting their family and, and friends back to work. And the developers came in, rerouted the water, and she was homeless. Her brothers fell back into drugs, selling drugs for money to be able to support the family. It, it was absolutely the most heartbreaking story I'd ever heard. And she was only 28 years old, Dave. And the entire, her entire family and the generations behind her rested on those fragile shoulders and she hurt my heart. I mean, the developers are literally taking land from the indigenous peoples through loopholes, you know, that from the older documents that were originally signed when, when we invaded, because that's what we did basically, you know, and um, mm-hmm. it is, it's a shame. It's a shame. And my husband and I have friends that are, are indigenous to the Island. Now we feel like they're family. Um, and they invited us to a traditional Maui weekend. Basically we got to see the traditional hut, you know, they built it with their own hands. They still fish in the ocean with their children. They're, they're, they homeschool their kids. They keep their language alive. They are truly the most loving people. That is the true aloha spirit. And, and I stood there and at one moment I thought to myself, this is how they lost it all. Because people there, the indigenous people of the Hawaiian islands have a true love for other people. And most Americans only have greed. You know, the developers is all about greed. Yeah. You're talking about Keller Williams and, uh, yes. name names. You know, one of the things that I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but let me tell you what I found in terms of, um, yeah, well, I'll back up. Directed energy weapons, absolutely, no question. Yes. And I've deferred this to expert military sources, I know. And they tell me off the record, yeah, they, I showed them burn and videos that Eric did. Um, and- Boy, not to interrupt, but did you see the newest video by Bush Junkie? I have to give her credit. It's an excellent video, Dave. When we get off, I'll send it to you. I send clipped it to a me. little yeah. bit. She did an excellent job of, of showing the helicopter they got a picture of and tying that into being yeah. in that area during the fires. Amazing job. She did a great job. Well, they, this was such a pre-planned attack. They even created the cover story, and I covered this. I caught it when it happened. Yes. And when you do the work I have done for as long as I've done it, you start to smell the cover stories. And there was a report out of the mainland on one of the news stations, and it said, the Chinese are flashing lights down on Maui. And, 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 and it was the worst report I'd ever seen. This reporter had no idea. He's reading from a teleprompter that's written by someone that doesn't know what they're talking about. And I, and I looked at that. It was two months before the attack. And I said, that's their cover story. If everything falls apart, they can blame China because they said it was from China. And they're going, how do you know it's from China? What are your sources that tell you this is Chinese? And they never broached it. I contacted the station. They wouldn't talk to me. And no. I said, worst journalism I've ever seen, and I'm exposing you guys. And I made a big deal about this. Okay, so they had their cover story. Um, and then they bring in the directed energy weapons. But the other thing that really bothered me is when the people were stopped on Front Street and couldn't escape the area, they had no choice but to abandon their cars and go jump in the ocean. I've heard so many stories from the locals about what happened that they were shot at while they were in the ocean. They wanted to drive up the death count. And I said, this makes sense because they don't want survivors that could air be an error to the property. 
So they wanted to kill as many people as possible. And they said people were shot in the ocean. They saw people dead that had been shot and that they waited for five hours. And I'm saying, wait a minute. You have a major naval base, the major one in the Pacific. Okay. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And why did they bring bring the helicopters in and save these people? And it took them five. You know what it was? It was the Gaza attack where Netanyahu waited six hours to go save the people, and most exactly. of them were already dead. It was the same in thing in Lahaina, yes. where they let these people get shot at while they're in the water. Do you have those reports, too, they were shot at? I, I, okay, so I have had people tell me that, but when I was on Maui, I couldn't get anybody in person to to voice that. Now, what I was told that I found was extremely interesting was that, and this was a face-to-face conversation with a woman, there had been the night before the fires, um, that the fire in Lahaina that morning, the night before, there were fires in upcountry. Now, we know a little bit about Maui. For people right. who don't understand, you know, just imagine going up the mountain, when I say upcountry, about 3,500 feet above sea level. You're talking about Haleakala, Fire Haleakala, right? there. Yeah, yes, right. sir. Um, yeah. or right underneath Haleakala, which is which I'm actually wearing my Haleakala shirt right now that I got when I went up there to investigate. But um, that is their satellite to look at the stars. So on that mountain, there were three separate fires that broke out the night before the massive Lahaina fire. And she told me that there was a mist coming down the mountain. She was not the only one, but there was a heavy mist. And she said two police officers pulled up in her yard because she could smell smoke and they walked up to her and they said, ma'am, you need to go inside. She said, do you not see that coming down the mountain? She said, they looked at it, looked at each other, looked at her and said, go in your house right now. She went back in her house and she said, Samantha, I fell asleep and I had nightmares all night long. I felt like I was a hundred thousand pounds heavy and I felt drugged. She was not the only person oh. to tell me to my face that there had been a mist coming down the mountain the night before the fires. Oh, my. Yeah. So and, and there's people there Anastasia, that have shown me satellite. They, Anastasia have, for the people. Is that what you're saying? Basically. And the okay. police, she said they were so adamant that she get inside of her house. And she said... I started to feel dizzy, and one of the officers kind of steadied me, turned me, and kind of gently, she said it was gentle, kind of nudged me and said, you've got to get in your house. And um, I have another good friend of mine, I'll just say her first name, Stacy, um, who showed me definitive proof that the satellite on top of Haleakala can actually send beams out to turn a hurricane. She showed me the footage that she had recorded off a black site of the hurricane coming in, the energy waves going out, the hurricane turned last minute and totally missed Maui. It made me sick to my stomach because that was my first real experience in watching weather manipulation in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm familiar with it's harp technology to manipulate the ionosphere. Um, It's the technology is over 30 years old in terms of applicability. Um, Boy, I did not know about the mist. I, I learned something new right here. This is, I, you know, I delved into this, and and, and I, I, I'm surprised I missed it. Um, the one thing, though, that I did know, there's another thing we didn't mention, 
is there are videotapes of the firefighters in the community working together to try to put out the fires when they arrived, and the water ran out. I did not know about the mist. I, I learned something new right here. This is, I, you know, I delved into this, and and, and I, I. But sometimes, I'm just like, do you guys not see what they're doing to y'all? Because, and my husband stood up at at the budget meeting and actually asked the water department, "Why are you not equipped with salt water fire gear? You have an ocean around you." Why would you ever need mm-hmm. to use the, the, the limited fresh water on this island to put out, you know what I'm saying, to put out a fire? He's like, you're surrounded by water. It doesn't make any sense, Dave. Maui, has it brings in more money than any other state. It is a money, I mean, well, you know, the, the Hawaiian islands bring in more money. Mm-hmm. They make a lot of money. Wow. There is no reason... I know. That they did not have the proper equipment to use salt water like places in Alaska do to put fires out. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense here when you really think about the logistics of spending a few million dollars to have pumps put in that can handle the salt water. Let's set that aside just for a second. I totally agree with you. That's preparatory that wasn't done and that's negligence. Right. But but they had existing water they could have used that was shut off on these people. They yes, weren't allowed. They weren't allowed to fight the fire. They weren't allowed to escape the fire. There are no sirens to warn about the fire, and this is just absolutely insane. And then the people are in the water for five hours. Forget. Let's let's say they weren't shot at. Okay, the Navy should have been there in thirty minutes. Who issued yes. the stand down order? Where where did the stand down order come from? Where was the Coast Guard that should have been there in thirty minutes? Uh, nothing. Nothing. And then what is it? Is it uh, what's the nearby island where they said they found uh, masses amounts of people oh, watched? Uh, Oana, Oha. I can't say it, but it's a little one. Now I did speak to people who who are natives to the island, indigenous to the island, and I asked them that again because once we had made good friends with their family. And they began to invite us into that culture. They were very forthcoming, unlike, you know, people who just live there. A lot of people are very, very private on an island. It's a different type of lifestyle. Yes. And they did tell me that the way the uh, ocean currents work, there would be no way a body would have ended up on that island. That's what I've been told, too. Yeah. And they told me, they said, Sam, I can assure you, if I drop the bottle here, this is where it's going to end up. And they even took me. And showed me um, in parts of the island how the ocean current worked with fishing and stuff. So they were correct, but they did assure me that if anybody, any bodies would have floated up, it would have ended up in a completely different area than where the claims were made that bodies did wash up. Well, so that the, made me feel a little better. One of the people making the claims was a pastor that was popular. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that was that that was concerning to me. The other thing I think that we need to give credit where credit's due. I mentioned Keller Williams being a predatory developer, and they fired Eric from a Hawaiian Realty uh, simply because he was doing community service covering what was going on. And they just said, you're fired. He didn't do anything wrong. And collecting he didn't break money. any laws. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the other thing that a lot of people don't know, and I covered this, um, BlackRock has a lot of questions to answer. Um, the Keller Williams, their major investor is BlackRock. The banking financing company, I think it's Bank of Hawaii, if I remember right on my notes in front of me, but their major investor is BlackRock. And then Hawaii 
Electric. They're the ones taking the hit for this. They're trying to say you had improper equipment, you had an underbrush grow, and it created the fire, and the blah, 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 blah. That's a bunch of crap. That's a bunch of crap. They tried. They gave them the hit. But here's what's interesting. Their major investor is BlackRock. Huh. And, it, and, it, and, and Samantha, listen, this hit me like a ton of bricks. This hit me like a ton of bricks. Uh, Hawaii Electric stood down and began to take blame and said, well, we did the best we could, but blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, you're admitting to things you had no control over. And, and, and I, right. I want, I wanted to blame somebody too. And then I found out BlackRock was their major, um, asset manager. And right. I'm thinking, okay, oh my well, gosh. That makes sense. So, so here's what happens. You have one side take the hit. Now, if there's liability attached in a, a, a lawsuit that I'm sure is coming, you know, class action lawsuits that are coming, they'll pay minimal amount to these people, not enough to stay on their land. They'll make them sign, sign non-disclosure agreements. That's exactly right. And they'll never be able to talk about this. And I said, that's BlackRock controlling both ends. That's why I'm saying right, BlackRock right. has a lot of questions to answer, and they haven't answered it. And then you look at, they're the biggest asset manager in America. They control 70% of all assets in this country now. Good and, God. And when you have State Street and Vanguard that was also involved in the bank in Keller Williams, uh, that's 90% of all asset management in this country. And so, you know, like I said, if this wasn't a corporate hit, I must be the most stupid person alive because that's the conclusion I've drawn. And they have questions to answer, but no one's investigating. The only congressional inquiry they had was some obscure committee where they said uh, uh, it was Hawaii Electric's fault. That's all that. You're right. That's all they've done. Something else that's very interesting, Dave, I was invited to sit in on some Zooms starting um, October 6th because I had already been to Maui mm-hmm. once and they knew I was coming back bringing money that your your followers, my followers, strangers on the road gave me to take to Maui to put back into the hands of the actual people. So I got this, you know, um, email, hey, Sam, we want you to join in. What I realized was they already had soil results from the upcountry fires and the Lahaina fires at the beginning of October. Now, they just released that to the public in December, but I was sitting in Zooms with them October 6th. And my other date I have written here, because I take really good notes when I sit in on these meetings, Um, the other day that I met with them was October 13th. Now, on the October 6th, we brought up, I was listening to a lady from Hawaii, and she was talking about great money that she'd already written and received uh, on the soil test, the water testing. They knew then that the arsenic, the lead, and the cobalt levels were too high. They also knew those levels were that high for two reasons. All the arsenic used to grow food through the pineapple um plantations and the sugar cane sugar cane plantations that was what they used for a pest deterrent and the cobalt and mainly the lead were coming from all the ev batteries on that island that island had a higher rate of electric vehicles and solar panels per capita than any other area in the united states they were already moving their people to this you know green new deal 2030 agenda bs And in the process, when the fire hit, it made the fire that much worse. It also made the soil flat toxic. Dave, it could be a 100 years before they could grow food in this area safely. 
I know. I'm a regenerative agricultural educationalist. I know. That soil's in bad, bad shape. Yes. I have heard this. There's a there's a precursor to this, too. One of the news stations, Hawaii News Now, covered this, and then they scrubbed it. Fortunately, I kept the video, and I played it on YouTube, and I have it somewhere in my files. But they showed the topsoil of Lahaina being uh, uh, taken out of the area, and they took it to a gunnery range about 10 miles away, and, the, and they had the EPA there, and they covered this as EPA, and they were watching them move the dirt into blue canister drums. And then they said for dis- redistribution on the mainland. And I'm saying they're covering it up. And here's what I found out. I, I went to my military people again. I said, let's assume directed energy weapons were used. What would you find in the soil that they had to cover up? And every one of the sources I talked to said, among the, everything else, you'll get radiation, or, but you'll get thermite. And thermite, certain kinds of thermite, a specific, a specific brand of thermite, is tied to directed energy weapons. And they said uh, that's probably why they did what they did. They moved yeah. that topsoil out, okay, and now they're dumping toxic waste there. You've covered this. You want to talk about that? Yes, sir. So um, there's actually a um, an amazing regenerative agricultural farm right down the road, um, and they are beside a dump. But this dump was mainly for just you know basic trash and stuff like that. Well, we got notice from them the other day. They're like, "Hey, can you help us out?" They're going to take all of the ashes from the Lahaina fires and they're going to bring it here. They're going to lay down a plastic liner, Sam, that's only good if nothing goes wrong for 70 years. And they're going to dump all this. And then there's this literally a a food-growing facility right next door, Dave, that's giving free food away to the people, burn victims, for the next two years, as well as building sustainable tiny homes. Wait a minute. This this food would be contaminated. Yes, it would be. And they're very upset about this because I'm looking for it right now, the name of it. Um, I'm sorry. I mean, the half-life of what you're talking about is 10,000 years. Yes, sir. But it was, um, it is, it's heartbreaking because everybody is desperately trying to do their part to help out in Maui and Lahaina. And then you get this kind of nonsense. And I did do a video on it because I wanted everybody to go sign the petition. But to be, again, the people in on the island are going to have to stand up for themselves. And they know how I feel about that. I fuss every time I talk to them because I don't feel like, I don't feel like they come together as a community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I was involved with some of the indigenous elders and um, I love them. I mean, they were wonderful people, but they would never move to action, collective action. It was frustrating. No. They stay very um, segregated to um, their individual beliefs and, and what they are, you know, kind of back on. Um, I'm trying to look it up real quick. Uh, oh, before I look up the other information I was looking for you, I do have a timeline that somebody gave me when I was on Maui the first time. Okay, so August 7th, Winds began, uh, August 7th, fires began, and it's called the Olinda Fire. Mm-hmm. August 8th, 4 a.m., the Kula 200 evacuation began. 
The Lahaina Fire Department and the Kula Fire Department were both located in upcountry. That's at 4 a.m. August 8th. Now, August 7th, the Lahaina power poles were already being turned off in the old section of Lahaina, and there were no fires yet. August 8th, below the high school on Luna, there's that road Luna, um, there was a fire. That was the first fire they noticed. At 2 p.m., the fire was confirmed out. And then, so they were trying to help me understand that there were literally five fires going at the same time all over Maui. And the fire departments were literally rushing back and forth. That's a lot of movement, a lot of movement on that island. Yeah, that's um, that's amazing. Um, the, the the issue of smart cities is really complicated, but I got to bring this up. The governor, despite his UN admissions and the fact that on September twenty fifth, I believe it was, they had a Zoom conference with top Hawaii officials, EPA, UN people, and it was all about smart city Hawaii. And I found documents on this. I published it um, on videos I did on YouTube. And I have the original still, and I probably should re, re-air those over on Rumble. But um, here, here's what I discovered. The plan is to turn Hawaii into an absolute series of smart islands. I found too much documentation for it not to be true. But every time Governor Green or Governor Gangreen, as I call him, opens his lying mouth, he denies it's happening, and yet we've got meetings where he's promoting this, and he's on video saying it. In fact, CBDC is really big, too. They brought in a someone they called a crypto ex- exchange dollar alternative expert. And I'm thinking, why don't you just say CBDC? It's easier to say. And right. that was, this was in their conference on September 25th. Th- this These people were burned out to start the process of turning Hawaii into the first smart island state. And there will be the first state that's totally smart, smart uh, city oriented. Okay, so you said that. You know what just clicked in my mind? I was listening to some people <clears throat> on the island, and we were all talking like we do. And somebody said, what burns me up is that our tax dollars from Maui are going to, cannot think of the name of the island, the ones like O-A-H-U. And she said, we are literally doing a smart train. I said, a smart train, God's name is a smart Mm -hmm. train. And she said, well, they're going to do a smart train to move people around the island. Mm -hmm. They're not going to put any more uh, roads or upkeep. No no rental car companies. That's exactly right. From the airport airport to to Lahaina and that area, surrounding area. Yeah, I I covered that. Um, You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. But I did find the information we were talking about the dump and then the um the people next door. His name is Eddie Garcia and it is um Regenerative Education Centers. And you can look that up. It's R E C E N T E R S dot org on um YouTube. And they're also building the tiny homes that they're giving away for free so people can put that on their land and still claim their land and live there. It's a it's a neat little program. But Dave, I'm, I'm telling you, Maui's in, Maui's in trouble. You know, yeah. they, they are, this is not going away. I, uh, I agree. 
I, I looked at the smart homes, and there was something that was disturbing. First of all, I think there were about five to square, five to six hundred square feet, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. They, they are very tiny, but, very tiny. But they had open vent to the outside, and I didn't think of this when I saw it. But I had people writing to me that were in home construction. I said, "Dave, you never see this." And and one person said. Uh, one word comes to mind, and I said, what's that? And they said, Auschwitz. And I still didn't get it. And they said, oh, they, yeah. they, could, they could gas these people, and all of a sudden now, and this is what the person said. She said to me, and she used to work for the EPA, too, and she said to me, Dave, um, they don't want surviving heirs on the island. You've said that. They, they want to have total free and clear land. They don't want to have to pay off any more money than they've got to pay. And she said they could murder these people in a night. And, good. and and she said, I have never seen anything like this in home construction. She said, this is death camp stuff. And this is someone who worked for the EPA. I didn't even think of this. I mean, I have to say I'm kind of embarrassed I didn't catch it. But uh, she told me this, and I thought, oh, my gosh. So I don't think they're done with the survivors there yet. Do you, do you feel that way, too? I do feel that way. Um we had the honor of meeting. Okay, so I've, I've made the comment. There's a Polynesian king. And some people are like, Sam, we're from the Hawaiian Islands. We don't know what you're talking about. There, the United Nations has voted in a Polynesian king. Now, I will send you his information, Dave, when we get off the phone. Okay. Uh, but I don't feel like I can put that worldwide yet. That right. information is going to come out. But I have met him face to face. He wants the islands all the way from Hawaii all the way down to Australia, even um, the French Polynesian. I mean, they want all of that returned back to the native peoples. Mm -hmm. And he's an amazing man, but he has to have bodyguards and they don't tell you when he's coming. I mean, they were blowing seashells outside of a hub in upcountry. So uh, we were up there working. They were giving away, thousands of dollars in cash gift cards and housing stuff for the people that had lost their homes and the upcountry cooler fires. And Stephen and I were there helping. We hear the seashells and in comes the Polynesian King. And he was amazing. Uh, a really amazing. I can't, I just keep saying amazing, but it was, I never met a King in my life and he has great ideas for saving the islands, but in the, get the islands away from these different countries and can they get the world to see them as their own unit? They'll have to all stick together. It can't just be Hawaii and Guam and then, you know, Saipan is its own island and it won't work that way. They're all going to have to connect in and, you know, stick together. And you said this was UN sponsored, correct? Yes. Yes. So that was a little hard for me to swallow. Let me rain on the parade here. Okay. Because I can connect some dots very quickly on this. I'm not doubting the authenticity of the king and his goals. Okay. But let's say he's in this small little microcosm here. The big right. picture, the big picture is this, the breakup of the United States. And I've covered this extensively now for about 15 years. And I won't go into too much detail because time is short, but there's Cascadia to join in with British Columbia. It's Washington, Oregon, Northern California. Okay. There's the TENS region redevelopment, which became the FEMA regions that Nixon brought in in 72 UN sponsored. 
Then there's Reconquista de Atzalan, the eight states that the Reconquista people say were stolen from Mexico in the War of 1848, the Mexican War, and they want that to be its own independent nation. And there's many more. I could go through it. I mean, there's about 11 of these right now. Wow. And this is, this is the planned UN breakup of the United States. We're the number one target to take down because they can't have a new world order that's dictatorial and do what they want to do to people. If you have a nation based on constitutional freedoms and you have an affluent nation. So Biden's mission is to destroy the economy, destroy the military. Okay. But the plan is, is to break up the United States. And I'm not saying this king is part of this. I'm saying I think he's doing probably what he thinks is best for the people he's representing. But the overall plan, since it's UN backed, it's part of what I'm talking about with the breakup right. of the U.S. Wow. Dave, that's heartbreaking to me because I have two sons currently in the military. You know, I've been to Washington, D.C. five times in my life. My daddy is a mix of redneck and red bone from Biloxi and Louisiana. And yet, you know, he didn't even finish high school, but he would drag me across the country to go all the way to Washington, D.C. to go and see the monuments, to see the copy of the Constitution. I can remember my mother putting her hand, and we knew it was a copy, but she would read it out loud and she would cry, Dave. She would stand there with tears running down her face for the love of this country. And my parents are now 80 and 82. And when I look at them, I think, oh my God, what they have lived through in their 82 years, the the upheavals of their country. And now their concern is, will there even be a country left for their grandchildren? You know, And, and that's my question. When people ask me, you know, Sam, why don't you just stick to what you love and what you're good at that's forming? I said, because it goes further than that. That's true. I'm not going to be able to form if Russia owns me or China comes in and takes my land. That's right. It's I love my country. I want to form. You want to be an artist. They want to write a book. We can do that here. But if we lose our country, guys, that's that's the whole world's done. America's like, we're the damn stopping the flood, legitimately. There's no question what you're saying. Um, the uh, related to what I'm talking about with the breakup of the U.S., uh, I want to make a a global statement here, literally and figuratively. The um, what was done to Maui was to make it UN compliant, World Economic Forum compliant, to be in the smart cities concept. Okay, so that's that's really obvious. And here's the thing that people need to understand. Um, they need to herd us into stack and pack cities so they can control us. They need to put us on CBDC so we can't have any economic discretion and rise up against them. They need to control our food and what we eat. They need to control what we say. And ladies and gentlemen, if they did this to Lahaina, they murdered people. This was genocide. We have proved it. Samantha and I have proved this nine times Sunday. And if they'll do it to them, they're going to do it to all of you. The methods may be different. It might not be directed energy weapons. could be Chinese troops. Choose your poison. But this is coming for all of us. This is why you need to take this report seriously. Sam, um, I want people to be able to follow you. I admired your work so much when I was actively covering this. Can you tell people how they can follow you? Sure. Um, We're mainly on YouTube under Starkey Formstead. You can find me on Facebook. Um, under on Rumble, I just started an account because unfortunately I've gotten two strikes with YouTube so far. So I might be only on Rumble eventually, 
but I, I put that under my actual name, Samantha Starkey. Okay. But Dave, if I could just ask real quick, what we're doing right now, um, we were able to raise and bring upwards of like $38,000 to, um, to Maui and Lahaina and directly to the people and to small groups that were working for the people. Sure. But right now I'm working on a program to feed my community. And if it's okay with you, it's, I'm doing the same program, um, yeah. give send go.com and it's food for thought. If anybody wants to look it up and send food a dollar. Yeah. Food and for it's thought, just, give, send, go. Okay. Yeah. And basically what I'm doing, Dave, I'm just going out into my community for working, hardworking American families that fall through the cracks. So I know a lady whose husband makes great money, but she has been fighting breast cancer for three years. They're eating processed food because they cannot afford with her medical bills to get fresh organic fruits and vegetables. Well, that's what I'm good at. So I'm going to grow it. I'm going to harvest it. I'm going to deliver it. And I'm going to minister to people in my community. That's awesome. That's why you're one of my heroes. We're going to do this again. We didn't. We covered, folks, maybe a tenth of what needed to be covered today. There just wasn't time to go into all of it, but I thought we covered a lot. We Samantha, did. thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate the work you do. And uh, when, let's not be strangers. I want to get you back on. Yeah, thank you, Dave. This was an honor. It really was. Um, when I first found you, you opened my eyes, just like today. I feel like I went to school. When you mentioned how he was connected to the breaking up of the United States, my brain just went boom. And I feel like you gave me a starting point to really dig in. Um, we all have to do our part. Please take care of yourself. You bring so much truth to so many of us, Dave. And without you leading the way and opening doors for us younger people, I don't know what would happen. We need your knowledge. So get some rest. We love you. Thank you. Take care, Samantha. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Bye. We have many out there in a variety of capacities doing such powerfully good work as demonstrated by Samantha and her husband and Dave Hodges. But it must be difficult for them to keep the faith, as it were while confronting such overwhelming power and motivations of greed and control. In this second hour, we will visit with Kim Clement, Trey Smith from God in a Nutshell Project, and Donay Clement, Kim's daughter. Kim started out as a successful musician from South Africa. At some point, he was led to bring, it to his concert, bring into his concerts prophecies that he was receiving. You will hear a selection of those prophecies made years before they manifested. Donay and Trey share their perceptions of Kim and the prophecy. I hope this information will remind us all that there are many layers to this thing we call reality, and while much of it is pretty awful, much more of it is inspiring. Mm-hmm. He said they... I, they were writing things down that I cannot repeat or I will not be alive next week. Right. December 13th of 2014, he said that within a month, a tumor was growing in his brain. Do you do you want to talk about that? Sure. Um, I will talk about that. Before I do anything else, this drew it out of me. I've been in all week. I've been I've been carrying this, and now and I was carried above the uh, I was carried above a, a, a table with Putin and, and four others. I did. I saw them writing things which I am not permitted to speak now. Otherwise, I won't be alive next week. I am not permitted to speak this now, but there will come a point when I can share it with the right authorities. And I will do it. 
and I will do it as I go to Israel. That is my duty, that is what he called me to do. But what he thought and what he prophesied, he didn't know. Sometimes he wouldn't even remember what he, he said. He said joy would come out of the ashes of the Ukraine. Of Ukraine. Right. And here's and the thing about Ukraine. Mm -hmm. I am going to be just a little bit careful how I, how I couch some of this. Well, it is true that these are commonly considered, these prophecies at the end of his life, he had three progressive and fairly rapid strokes that quickly ended, ended his life and they came directly following what some consider, myself included, to be some of the most heavy and intense prophecies that he ever gave. They have made a plan to enter the schools of America. No, 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 this is a long-term plan. What, why don't you read it? Okay, it says, what about your children? That's huge. Uh, what about them, says the Lord? That's what the enemy wants, to cripple your economy and to cripple your children. I mean, that's what we see, like, big time. Uh, but the Spirit of God says, they will breathe in the air that is pure, for I will take the air of this nation and I will purify it, says the Spirit of the Lord, for they want an inoculation ooh, against that which is being sent into this country, but it is not being sent in from outside, says the Lord. That's big. It is already inside this nation. Your enemies are within, says the Lord, and I will wipe them out one at a time. I already know the way. You know the <laughs> you know. And for literally years, he was making these prophecies, particularly towards, heavily towards the end, about Donald Trump and that he would have two terms. This film is titled The Last Prophecy. The prophecies in this film come from the House of Destiny Network, which is the ministry of Jane Clement, the wife of Tim Clement, and also Donna Clement Petruska, who is the daughter of Kim Clement. Full versions of any of the prophecies seen in this film and thousands more can be found at House of Destiny. And I will submit to your hands that there are many that are too shocking even for this presentation. This is a condensed version of the film. There's a longer, a lot longer version of this same film that's available at GodInTheNutshell.com. And this is dedicated to the life and memory and prophecies of Kim Clement. There will be a praying president, not a religious one. But I will fool the people, says the Lord. I will fool the people. Yes, I will. God says, the one that is chosen shall go in and they shall say, he has hot blood. For the Spirit of God says, yes, he may have hot blood, but he will bring the walls of protection on this country in a greater way. And the economy of this country shall change rapidly, says the Lord of hosts. Okay, I can't think but of the it, name. But it, it arrived short, um, shortly following. So he has a stroke and he has four strokes. And then right. at the end of that, we find out, uh, and that was over a, a four or five month period. We found out he has a brain tumor. So we asked them, we asked the doctors, how long has he had this brain tumor? And they said, well, measuring the rate of growth, we would say it began growing in his brain in January of 2015. Now think, December 13th, 2014, he says, I see Putin and four others, they're writing things down. If I say anything, I'll be dead next week. I won't week. be alive. I see a king falling. I see a king falling.
Saudi Arabia, Yemen, Solomon. Lord, you are not pleased. This film, at a few points, does have some kind of horrid, rough moments to it that I want to just submit to your, your hand. The clip behind me is from 2015, and I thought it was one of the clips that needed to be presented to you right at the start. The wall, there's a wall being built that will not be completed for a takeover. Already a plan. Iran, you have wicked plans. Your wickedness cannot be covered. I've seen you, says the Lord. I've already spoken about you. Father, I just pray you'd, you'd stop just for a minute. There's some people that are receiving visions, and I'm not making this up, please. Some spiritual leaders mock people that have visions. Well, then you may as well mock the great prophets of old. If there were one overriding message in the question of when does the, the big question of when does the darkness break, the answer to that is when people humble themselves and begin to take the Lord seriously. There's victory in this story we're about to tell in this film, but it is, as it is a pinch of a rocky path on the way there. But that's okay. We're going to do our best to walk through it. You might want to put your seatbelts on. This is the ancient pictographic Hebrew symbol of the Resh on the screen behind me. In its, in its ancient form, it means headman. In its ancient form, it means headman, godman, or man that God is using. But I think it would be most appropriate to begin with this business of the the two terms. Almost like a different Trump when he starts that they'll ridicule and they'll call him a deviant man. But his heart was hidden. And then on the other side... Now God says a president that I will bring into the White House. And they will say he is ungodly. He does not know God. But ah, ah. Even as Jesus disguised himself for the great feast, so I have disguised this man's heart. And when he comes to the White House, not only shall he be mine, but he shall pray as a man that has never prayed in the White House. Now, in that particular prophecy, which is from 2007, not only are we talking about the, the two different terms, but you're beginning to have in the prophecies what I call markers. Like, for example, the Russia war with Ukraine. That's a what I would call and consider a marker. It tells us the time frame that we're in. And by the way, there's no way back in 2014 he should have known anything about that. For out of the rebellion, turn me up just a little out of the rebellion of the Ukraine, which was seen by my prophet, shall come out of those ashes beauty. Yes. Shall come out of that sadness 
joy shall come out of those garments praise says the Lord I have searched for a man and a woman who would stand in the Oval Office and pray and call for the restoration of the fortunes of Zion behind me here I have a few of them just itemized out so you have Trump elected president the impeachment and Trump set aside we're almost at that this new Snowden or set of Snowdens arises will go there and then people become very afraid but also in this time period you have these issues this war that's covered this is one of the ones where he starts covering not only war that's going on that I think is going to become more intensified and more complicated and could even touch you here I might be even being a little soft about that listen to me the time of war has gone the time for peace has come and I will walk in your streets again but that surrounding the haze of that is a marker. You have these Russia-Ukraine war issues, which tells us that the prophecy is for right now. But between the, the two terms of this man that will come into office, like there will be this secretive, mysterious time period where there are dark nights in your night. And the house they call white shall receive a man stood in your night with comparisons or correlations with with Batman or Gotham now Batman's conceptually by definition are well they're extremely wealthy guys and heads of corporations correct that at night secretly hunt out the the enemies of, of Gotham City could be quite a few Batman's at least in these prophecies in the house that you call white Shall receive a man at night Fought for you In your night That part of the purpose of all of this from God's perspective is for you to physically witness the difference between a, a very good and prosperous time period and a, and a sample of what that would look like, what it looks like for there to be prosper and ease and peace and security and safety. And going downhill into a time period like a, a dark Gotham City with every single bad guy in it that you could possibly throw at it. But that in that time frame you had some Batman type characters that were, this is the symbolism in the prophecies. And we're going to go there, but I want to deal just with the time period of the two terms and make the case that these are actually that these are separated by a dark Gotham City time frame is what they're separated by you'll be rejoicing when you get back that time of prosper listen to the word of the Lord God says I will put it to a helm 
for two terms. A president that will pray, but he will not be a praying president when he starts. I will put him in office and then I will baptize him with the Holy Spirit and my power, says the Lord of hosts. We're going to have a man that would re-enter that White House following a mysterious time frame. We'll get to that too. This separates the first term from the second term. But a man filled with power and righteousness on the other side. And in that strange time frame that Trump would be, he kept saying for years, Trump will be a trumpet. Trump shall become a trumpet, says the Lord. No, you didn't hear me. Trump shall become a trumpet. Are you listening to me? I will raise up the Trump to become a trumpet. And also this other thing he kept talking about, the rise of a of a new Snowden. Now, this is a little more mysterious than I'm going to get a little deeper into that. But I find this this tweet from Elon Musk. Now, Elon Musk is from is from South Africa. And there's some heavy prophecies about South Africa. And also Kim Clement is from South Africa. But this tweet here, given at 11-11 on April 27th of 2022, where he said, Truth Social, terrible name, I actually disagree with Elon on that, exists because Twitter censored free speech. Kim was repeatedly stating that during that time period, people would be afraid to speak. We're going there. And Elon Musk then says he should have called Truth Social trumpet instead they will shout impeach impeach but this shall not happen and then god says highly embarrassing moments when another snowden arises and people will become very afraid they'll say we have no protection and then god says am i impressed with your weapons of war highly embarrassing moments as another snowden arises wonder what that could possibly mean. So just like the, the Batmans, plural Batmans in Gotham, in these prophecies, the nights in your dark night, I believe there's good cause to believe that the, the terminology of highly embarrassing moment as another Snowden arises, that this could actually be a a multiplicity or a plurality of Snowdens as well. And we'll, we'll walk through that. But that this was a time of hard truths. I will expose, I will reveal, for you have entered into a time and a season of undercover. Where I will bring out from the covers the truth. For there have been too many lies, one lie after the other, covered in high national positions that have affected the globe, that have affected the seas, they've affected the skies. America, you're not as secure as you think you are. Now, these prophecies are often, they're often in chronological order. And in fact, that particular one comes directly after. So on this set here, so this set begins at the, so Kim was talking about some very heavy stuff particularly towards the end of his life. So right at the point where you have highly embarrassing moments when another Snowden arises, well, that comes directly following on this timeline, the two, specifically two impeachments that are in the prophecies. 
And then he says, God says he has set him aside. Specifically, he has set Trump aside. So two impeachments, and then Trump will be set aside. What does that mean? But God says, I have set him aside. They will shout, impeach, impeach. But this shall not happen. And then God says, highly embarrassing moments when another Snowden arises. I can't emphasize enough this particular phrasing in the prophecies. It's redundant. Set him aside. And once you begin to notice it in the prophecies, it becomes obvious. And you begin to... and, and obvious, particularly in the sections that appear to be dealing with the hours that you're in right now. In fact, setting aside appears, and you'll see it quite a few times in this film, appears pretty much every time you've got Donald Trump referenced during this time period. Amongst them stood one that God had set aside to be the leader of this nation. They will even say this man is not speaking enough but God says I have set him aside they will shout impeach impeach but this shall not happen and then God says highly embarrassing moments when another Snowden arises okay so the way that section sort of sounds is in the haze of the impeachments and by the way Kim specified too it's stunning but in the haze of the impeachments Trump is set aside he set him he gets set aside and during that time period he's set aside his voice kind of diminishes some and in that time frame a new Snowden arises is what I'm hearing in that section. And there are highly embarrassing moments that are about to occur for many, many politicians in this nation. Why is, why is God doing this? For God said, I am dissatisfied with what emerges from both parties. And then there is a nation he showed me, took me, itching for a new kind of war with America. They will shout, impeach, impeach, they say. But nay. So right there at that part of the prophecy that I've just played you now, those are actually two separate sections that deal with two separate impeachments. So when Trump was impeached the first time, I was overwhelmed and when I was talking to Donna, Kim Clement's daughter, I I believed that he was just I, I could have never imagined that they were actually going to do two separate impeachments. And it was Donna that told me, she said, No, if my dad had two separate sounding ones like I just played for you, he means they're doing it twice. She was right. They will shout impeach, impeach, they say. But nay. And the Spirit of God made me look at him and he said, this man will throttle the enemies of Israel. This man will throttle the enemies of the West. This nation shall come very subtly. But he shall not come in the time of President Obama. They shall come when this new one arises, my David. 
that I have set aside for this nation. I just wanted to highlight this terminology, set him aside, which first appears after the after the impeachments, he's set aside, and then another Snowden arises, he's kind of lessened and a Snowden arises, which would be about right here on this prophecy timeline that I've made. I've made several of these, but on this particular one behind me, I'm going to be walking you through and showing you that these prophecies are often, they're in sections, and those sections are often in chronological order. So you have Trump elected president, then you have the impeachment, Trump set aside, then you have the new Snowden, and people become very afraid, we'll get to that. And then after those issues, you've got electrical problems and this sort of thing. But speaking of classified, why don't we rewind time a little bit? You, you worked with the FBI after 9-11. Um, because 9-11 happened, and he had prophesied it in 1996, so it became a big deal. And, and I know you didn't know this till we told you just now, but you had, you had um, written a prophecy or declared a prophecy about the aeroplanes. Was it over Long Island? Okay. Yeah. Let me tell you what I... Can I tell you long what Long before it happened. Yeah, long now, before it happened. In 1996, I called, I called a gathering... We called it the Gathering of the Dangerous. Yeah. It has been a terrorist act and will be another. But the Spirit of the Lord says America will retaliate. But God says even as they retaliate with natural weapons of war, and they said we will go to the place of the east and we will go and we will bring them down for what they did to our people as they flew in the air of a long island. But the Spirit of the Lord says another will take place and I will prevent many deaths because I will cause a security thing to happen so that they will not die. I will look after you, America. The God says the retaliation will not be right. It will not be of my spirit. It will be a wrong decision. Now, I'd like to pause there. I'd like you to notice that not only in the prophecy is he in advance prophesying 9-11, but that the response would be to go into Iraq and that this would be a wrong decision according to the prophecies, or that many of the responses would be a wrong decision, including all of the measures that would take away Americans' freedoms. I would like to put inside of that. Here behind me on the screen are images of when we rolled into Iraq, when the U.S. rolled into Iraq and the statue of Saddam Hussein, seen here on the screen, was the statue of him was, was pulled down. Saddam Hussein, who was referenced in the prophecies of the beast of the east, would ultimately be, be executed. But also, in those same old prophecies, speaking of 9-11, he begins to talk in the prophecies about these security measures which will save many lives. And you'll see, I think, what I'm talking about here in just a second, because the, the net result, if you will, of 9-11 wasn't just all of this new security put on Americans, but, well, I personally tend to believe that the United States military is the finest in the world, particularly and especially when it's under the, the right leadership. In short, it's extremely possible that the prophecies he was giving, even way back then, this one from 1996, actually tie in to the concept of knights fighting in your dark night and strange events that he compares repeatedly in the prophecies to the events or the attack at 9-11.
Let me show you an example here what I'm talking about. You've shown me, Lord, how the enemy has once again planned something, but this time it is completely different. It is not like 9-11. There is nothing like it. This is the most strange infiltration that shall come upon your screens. It shall come upon you in your movie houses. It shall come upon the places of comfort and pleasure. And they shall infiltrate and they shall say, we'll even black them out. We will even cause them to be so terrorized because there is darkness in one section and darkness in another section. Long Island and Babylon and New York. All these regions, we will blacken it out. And then we will cause them to hear and understand that we are in charge. You will not do this as you planned. But now, I don't actually think, at least at the time of the making of this video, although there are articles popping up quite frequently and a lot at the time of the making of this film about terrorist attacks on power grids, that the, the level of it being described within the prophecies I don't think has occurred yet, but is... Highly embarrassing moments when another Snowden arises, and these are these are exposures that just keep coming that are right there buried in the prophecies. Let me move into that when the this time of the and also surrounding Russia and Ukraine that here in the United States have these blackouts in this region and that region, and they shall infiltrate and they shall say we'll even black them out. We will even cause them to be so terrorized because there is darkness in one section and darkness in another section. Long Island and Babylon and New York, all these regions, we will blacken it out and then we will cause them to hear and understand that we are in charge. You will not do this as you planned. I'd like to be very clear that on that timeline I put together, I have the power outages that are described by Kim seem to be in the same time range as the Russia-Ukraine war. I'm in no way suggesting that Russia is causing the power outages. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Lots of news articles like this one are popping up, which I find interesting. Here, even in the last number of months, there's been lots of claimed attacks on power grids that come from wherever. This particular news source claims, well, what they always claim, Russia, Russia, Russia. That here in the United States have these blackouts in this region and that region. However, there is an uncovering of great evil. And I will start from the top. I have shaken the Democrats and will shake the Republicans even more. But remember when these tremors and when these tumultuous moments happen, Summer says, I will take it so that the fall can do its work in America. But I'd like to go from this point on the timeline, rewinding all the way backwards to the late 1990s, just before or in the time frame of the actual 9-11 in New York, when Kim was stating, stating this. And I saw these planes flying over New York. And, and, and the next night, I, people, most people don't know this, but the next night, which has never been published, yeah. I actually went further and said, and they will go to Iraq. They will go and they will take down the beast of Babylon. This is in 1996. Hmm. 
That's when people argue and say he's, the president's wrong and he shouldn't be going. Well, I didn't even know about him so, then. I said, and I said those words yeah. in that prophecy that there will be a burning bush that will go to Iraq and bring that a beast down. A burning bush. Yes, in 1996. The burning bush that would go into Iraq would, of course, it would be George Bush. But it was the 9-11 the prophecies that would have Kim Clement from, from time to time working with the FBI under something they called either Project Starlight or Project Stargate. They, well, in short, the FBI had come to learn that there was this pastor going from church to church and describing the events of 9-11 in advance. Next thing the FBI showed up at my parents' house, at the time they were living in Texas, the FBI shows up at the house. What's funny, what's so funny about this is my grandmother was staying with my parents and she had her own room upstairs and the air conditioner had broken. And the air conditioning repair people were supposed to be coming that day. And so the FBI agent, like the FBI shows up and they want to search the house. So my parents said, sure, of course you can search. Did Go you ahead. meet them? No, I wasn't FBI. there. I okay. wasn't there. I don't know where I was, but I wasn't there. So I wasn't home. Um, but anyway, my grandmother's upstairs. FBI agent walks in because they're searching everywhere. And she goes, oh, look up there in the vent. <laughs> it's right there because she thinks it's the air conditioning repair. <laughs> so the FBI agents, they all go rushing into the vent. <laughs> <laughs> so it was so silly, but at the end of it, they realized my dad legitimately had prophesied this, had no inside information. Because he knew something they about thought, oh, How did he know? You know, they were going to investigate. How did this man, because they didn't right. believe in prophecy. They were like, you know, this man must have known something. And obviously, at the end of it, they figured out, no, he didn't. He didn't even remember prophesying it. So then uh, they, they were so impressed that they asked him to join this project, Stargate or whatever it was called. I can't remember now. The time frame that she's talking about when Kim worked with the, on these projects with the FBI was roughly and mainly, it began during the, and was during the Bush years as president. And uh, all, what happened was they, they gave him an encrypted email uh, address. Mm. And they would email him, and if they sent him an email, sometimes they would get on the phone with him, and uh, he couldn't tell us anything. He wasn't allowed. Uh, he was able to tell us once that he helped to find a, a lost child or a kidnapped child or something. He'd helped with that. But that's all we, all we really ever heard. And he was very irritated. He didn't like doing it. And who did this belong to? This was uh, Kim, Kim's Bible. One of the many Bibles and books. So it's really beautiful. He loved this kind of thing. Uh, so it's got some illustrations in it and it's like, kind of looks like ancient manuscripts, you know? So now here behind me on the screen, here's what the here's what the studios of Kim Clement look like at well at the time that he well after the time that he died, but the studios that he recorded at. He called the meetings that he had, he called them this studio where you see Kim and where you see Donna there. He called these dens like a lion's den. And this right here that I'll overlay on the screen, this is literally a, a biblical timeline. So that's Kim's office right there, and there's Jane, Kim's widow, Kim's wife. And she literally took the, the biblical timeline that she had hanging right next to Kim's office, and I guess because I do biblical documentaries, she, 
she gave me this this timeline that hung next to Kim's office, which kind of drives us into these timelines that I have behind me. So this one here that we've been looking at, where we begin with Trump elected. By the way, the odds against Trump on the morning of the 2016 election, when I woke up that morning, they were reporting those odds against Trump at 90% that he would lose to Hillary Clinton. In fact, they were laughing that he had even run. There's a man by the name of Mr. Clark and there is also another man by the name of Donald. You are both watching me saying, could it be that God speaking to me? Yes, he is. Somebody, just a few minutes before you came on the show, you went out and you took the American flag and you said, I'm proud of my nation. You raised it up and God said, you have been determined through your prayers to influence this nation. You're watching me. You're an influential person. The Spirit of God says, hear the word of the prophet to you as a king. I will open that door that you prayed about. And when it comes time for the election, you will be elected. So when I had put together that original Trump prophecy video many years ago now, I put that up before Trump was even the even the Republican nominee and it took many months before that obviously to compile that and put together and it was way earlier in that year that I had just for whatever cause the Lord had drawn my attention to look at these Kim Clem, these old Kim Clement prophecies and I had uh, gotten a prophecy myself from Kim Clement when I was 16 or 17 and that's a story for somewhere else but we're sitting there and the election was going yeah in 16 and and he's got all these little slips in his hands and i and and he was very nervous and sweating it and he kept looking at the slips and finally he started smiling a bunch and he's like really and i was like michael what are you looking at there and he was like well i'm I'm about to because the betting odds against trump in europe (laughs) were seven to one so if you bet let's say you bet one dollar you would get a total of eight back right which is already an interesting number yeah so and i said i said michael how much did you bet he was like well i just bet a little and then he said but then i uh, i went and i bet a little more and then and then he said no no i kind of did it again at several spots and then he said and then i and then and then he goes but then i realized i bet so much that if i lose that i'm already screwed so i might as well bet you know right the whole nest egg right and he did and he was like he was totally and i was i didn't know whether to be happy for him or upset about it because i was really kind of jealous so that i was like man i why didn't i think of that you know when i was 16 or 17 years old kim clement he he told me some things that things i still keep with me to this day but he told me things that he he simply should not have known and I knew that there, this was, this was real. And it was for that cause and also some scriptures, including Second Timothy that I had, that I put together that tape and I had confidence in my heart about it, even though this was the type of thing that was being run on the media. This comes from Real Clear Politics. These were the betting or gambling odds uh, for and against Trump and the Trump-Clinton election. They had Clinton at 88% and they had Trump at 13% pretty much the entire time. They were laughing 
at Donald Trump. This behind me on the screen is from Time Magazine. They have meltdown and total meltdown. By the way, many of these prophecies stating that Trump would be president of the United States were at the time that President Trump was a reality show, was one of the top reality show guys. I mean, this would have been absurd to even suggest in a prophecy. Yet that's what Kim was stating. And that's what happened. But speaking of Time Magazine, Kim had prophecies that all of your medias will change after kind of a rocky road ahead. This that shall take place shall be the most unusual thing, a transfiguration, a going into the marketplace, if you wish, into the news media, where Time Magazine will have no choice but to say what I want them to say. Newsweek! What I want to say. The view. What I want to say. Trump shall become a trumpet. All of these things that are going to culminate this direction, a lot of it pretty heavy stuff. And by the way, in the put together a roughly two and a half hour presentation on this over at God in the Nutshell that goes over each element of these and kind of what they look like and heavier prophecies than I'd feel comfortable. There's some heavy stuff in there. And also that two and a half hour film, it doesn't have as much of the the background stuff where I'm trying to demonstrate to you that the prophecies are 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 trustworthy in some sense. I lay that in your hand whether they are or not. But it it's more boom, 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 boom. In fact, it was hard to get it down to that length and sort of, you're walking through some pretty, pretty complicated times that could culminate in, well, I would really recommend looking at it. But these are the basic elements. Snowden arises, people become afraid. This is a second timeline from the one that you saw earlier. Blackouts, the Russia issue gets more complicated. Financial systems, we'll get to that. Here's where I'm going with this, is that a lot of these things that are becoming visible to you now, that are becoming visible like a veil is going up, in fact, that's how Kim described it, are things that in truth have their origin or their root all the way back here and even before the first presidential election of Donald Trump, I think that you're beginning to see the effect of heavy things. And that's by design that the Lord wants people to, to see. That's what a great awakening is. That the Lord has actually been saving us in a lot of situations where we didn't realize it. So part of this timeline and the heaviness that's in it is because the Lord wants the people that are being saved to realize that they're being saved. God says, once you recognize the man that I have raised up, pray, for the enemy will do everything in his power to put a witch in the White House. Did anybody hear what he just said? For Jezebel has chased away the prophets and even Elijah. Now I have said, go back, for this shall be dismantled so that there will be no more corruption in the White House, says the Spirit.
Now, I want to point out that this term, Jezebel has chased away the prophets, and God says it's time to go back. This terminology is critical. to It's important to where we're headed. Leading up to the 2016 election between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, people, at least in the circles that that I was in, guys that put on prophecy conferences, really great guys. Their messages were, by and large, many of them, were doom and gloom. They believed that they believed exactly what the medias were stating, that Hillary was going, Hillary was going in. Bottom line, many of those men, very good men, they believed that it was that it was over. And they could provide very good evidence, plethoras of evidence for that. Had many of these prophecies not been there, I also would have been terrified. You have heard prophets shouting from the left and the right. We have on good uh, information that America shall collapse and it shall be wiped out. God said, not while I'm alive and I happen not to be dying very soon. I died once on a cross. I die no more. I die no more, says the Lord. Don't you tell me what my plans are. Why have you put, why is there a lying spirit in your mouths, O prophets? Why is it that you curse along with ISIS and Islam, the nation that has brought bread and brought oil and brought life and being taken the captives into their borders? What about that, says the Lord? Where is your justice? Where is your righteousness? Where is your equity? Oh, God says, I will show you that I will raise out of the dust of this nation. The dust I will raise young men and women who shall take over and take charge, says the Lord. A lot of very good people at that time believed that you were, with good cause, by the way, believed that you were game over. You were at the end. And by the way, let me be clear about this. If the Lord hadn't taken charge of these situations, you would have been. But it's not just Kim Clement's words. When I would go and I would talk to even really guys that were top speakers, they were, people were terrified. And with good cause, I assure you. When I would go speak to some of these people, it's not just, if, I, if you only had the prophecies of Kim Clement, that would be insufficient to tell you that this wasn't coming. There were a lot of good reasons to believe that you were not at the end and that there was hope. And that applies even more so to this very day. Yes, we know there will be tribulation and so it shall be and my people shall join me. But before that time, there is a global awakening. No, no, not just one town and city, not just one country, but many. Now, I'd like to show you just a few things dealing with ancient symbols, ancient and modern symbols, letters, and numbers, mathematics. God is the author of all of these things in this place. This symbol behind me, it's called the Resh. This is an ancient Resh. Looks a little bit like, like Donald Trump, doesn't it? Now, in terms of Donald Trump, born June 14th in 1946. Now watch this. When he was elected president and he would go to be inaugurated, that would be the day that he would lay his hand on the Bible and swear in as the 45th president of the United States. So on that day, Donald Trump would be exactly 70, 70 years, seven months, and seven days old to the exact and precise day. It's quite a coincidence. These are the numbers that appear for Donald Trump, not for Hillary Clinton, on his inauguration as President of the United States. 
This would also happen in the year of 2017 that he would swear in. And it would be in the Hebrew year of 5777. Is that a coincidence? I don't know. You don't see that every day. And Donald Trump, boy, his name is in gold a lot, isn't it? Like his name is attached to gold. Well, Donald Trump owns many five-star hotels and casinos where the lucky number would be 777. Even the pagans know that's a good number. But his name is always in gold, isn't it? And also, when he ran for president, he came down the golden escalator. And the Spirit of God said to me, this man has a humble stature, but he is a genius. And then I heard gold. I wasn't sure if this was attached to his name, but he said to me, he will restore the fortunes in this nation. Now, when we talk about the word gold being attached to a name and restoring fortunes. Now, anytime you're talking about gold, that's far different than game over, right? But when I think about the word gold attached to a name, I tend to think a little bit larger than a gold escalator. In fact, I tend to think about financial systems. More than this, now, as a side note, gold is commonly termed God's money. And one of the reasons for that is because, well, it's a tangible thing that has been used all the way back to the, it's the beginning of time for transfers. Also, it's something that the, the Lord actually made. Now, what you currently use for your financial systems is, um, is these right here, like this dollar bill that's in my hand. And it's really just a piece of paper. This one has George Washington. He plays a role in our story as well. He was the first president of the United States. He's on the $1 bill. And there's the famous pyramid with the eye on the back of the bill. One of the cases, it's just a piece of paper. And actually, even worse, in today's age, it's just digits. Not backed by much of anything. But gold gold attached to a name. If I expand out this golden timeline that we've been looking at here and add just a couple of more items to our prophecy timeline. So we have a new Snowden that arises. We had this time period of blackouts and this unusual thing Kim mentioned about a time of two presidents. I want to hit pause on that. But right here at the, what would really be in these prophecies the the climax of all of this seems like it might deal with your financial systems what may be being called by some the great reset now you have two different paths on something like that correct you could have one path that we're probably well on our way to that ends very poorly and another path that may, I'll be very honest with you, is probably going to bring tears to a lot of eyes from my reading of these prophecies that all will know in the end, will be shocked in the end. And no, even Donald Trump will know. It wasn't just him or the people behind him.
with the Lord that fought on all of our behalf. So what I kind of like to do at this point is sort of demonstrate to you how the prophecies themselves actually make a timeline, how you can actually look at parts of one of these prophecies and follow it in a chronological order. Now, before I do that and play you a chunk where we're going to walk through this, I'd like to point out to you that the section, so you've got these moments of a new Snowden that arises. I place that in your hand, what that means. Let me be very clear about this, though, is that this is all based on things that Kim Clement said. So I have no idea what they even mean, if the correct orders. It's, it's a haze of things that I kind of lay in your hands. Maybe you know what these things mean. Then you've got these moments in the prophecies where you have power outages in this section and that section. By the way, if you lived in South Africa, you'd be dealing with that every day already. It would be nothing new. But this is sort of climaxing to, well, the climax of all of it are issues surrounding your financial systems, probably on a global scale, I'm guessing. In other words, what most people are probably referring to when they use the term Great Reset. Now, for the purpose of this particular presentation, what I'm, what I'm kind of going to do, because this is a heavy and comp, there's a lot of things that lead up to what I think, what I speculate is being called, at present, your Congress in the United States has been passing trillion dollar bills on a regular basis. That can't continue forever and end well. The prophecies seem to indicate a time frame where that comes to a head. Shall be shocked at how he takes the giant down. Now hear me please. The giant of death, the giant, the giants that have come, the brothers of Goliath, stand in glee watching America. We will cripple you. You will lose your credit. In the longer film that I've got over on God in the Nutshell, it's about two and a half hours. We'll go through the, the whole weave work leading there. But let me, let me show you what, what that moment, where we would arrive at, sort of. Actually, in that longer version, we arrive there and then we, we go a little further. And actually, we look at all of it. And I lay in your hands what any of it means. And I could be wrong on a lot of portions of it. I have been in the past quite a bit. And that's why I'm taking more of an approach of sort of laying this stuff in your hands, but putting it in baskets that are easy to digest. So why don't we do it like this? At the end of a, let's call it a rocky path, you end at a point where nations are rubbing against each other hard about who owes what debt. So these are those parts of the prophecy as Kim Clement described them. And then God says, am I impressed with your weapons of war? Am I impressed with the strength of your men's legs? Ha! I have said I will bring this nation to its knees. And God said you have been humbled. And yet some more. And then you shall hear the sounds of great victory. For where are the people gathered? Where are my people gathered? Where is the sound of unity from my people? 
I want just this crowd here and all the thousands watching all over the world. Just do me a favor. Just for about 30 seconds, raise up your voice and shout. So now here's one of the infamous parts of that particular prophecy. The stone for the giant. And they shall say, what is your plan for this, this giant? And he will take a simple stone. Remember the name. And he will hold it up and they will laugh at him. But the plan is so brilliant, says the Lord. It could only have been given by me. <laughs> Come on! I'd like to thank you for watching this film. I hope that you have enjoyed it. It was an honor to put it together for you. I'd like to give all glory for, for this film and for the longer version. All glory to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This was a targeted tumor. The tumor grew in exactly this spot right here, which is where the Broca's region of the brain is and also the part that controls the right side of your body. He could then not play the piano anymore. He could not walk and he could not speak. I'd also like to dedicate this film to the life and memory of the, the prophet, Kim Clement. Someone didn't like it. People did meet with him that were, uh, well, let's, okay, so let's couch that. Can you give someone cancer? I don't know. I've heard about the, the CIA's cancer pants. I've heard all sorts of things, but I mean, I, those are conspiracies and rumors, I don't know. I would also like to thank Jane Clement, the wife of Kim Clement, as well as her daughter, one of her daughters, Donay Clement Petruska. And they run House of Destiny Network. And that would be at houseofdestiny.com. That is an attack. That is a targeted attack. And I don't know who to look at for that. I don't know who to blame. I don't know if it's just the devil did it. Did some... CIA operative do it? Was it the FBI? Who well, did this he, to him? Okay, because so he was seeing too much. He saw bricks. I'm Trey Smith of God in a Nutshell and the, the title, Last Prophecy, is these prophecies that have been playing for you now and others are the prophecies that Kim gave at the, at the end of his life. He was giving some very heavy prophecies and they simply are what they are. My name is Trey Smith of God in a Nutshell. God bless every last one of you and your families on the other side of the screen. Well, I suspect that that gave you something to think about. And I want to, I've got some time here, so I'm going to kind of like go over something that really, to be honest, kicked me in the head. I've listened to Kim's prophecies and through the years in a number of different presentations. I've heard the one that I'm going to cite. You heard it already. It was in 2014. And the reason that I want to go back and touch upon that is because we are in a time of great magic, and magic is simply the manipulation of energy. There are certain things that happen to us in our travels that makes us stop and go, whoa, that, what did I just hear? Did I really hear that? What does that mean? Does that mean what I think it means? And 
this was one of those episodes. So I'm going to play a clip that is from, you've already heard it. I, I said that. And when you hear it, I'm hoping you'll get the same kind of like aha that I had. So why don't we do it like this? At the end of a, let's call it a rocky path, you end at a point where nations are rubbing against each other hard about who owes what debt. So these are those parts of the prophecy as Kim Clement described them. And then God says, am I impressed with your weapons of war? Am I impressed with the strength of your men's legs? Ha! I have said I will bring this nation to its knees. And God said you have been humbled and yet some more. And then you shall hear the sounds of great victory. For where are the people gathered? Where are my people gathered? Where is the sound of unity from my people? I want just this crowd here and all the thousands watching all over the world. Just do me a favor. Just for about 30 seconds, raise up your voice and shout. Come on. So now here's one of the infamous parts of that particular prophecy. The stone for the giant. And they shall say, what is your plan for this, this giant? And he will take a simple stone. Remember the name. And he will hold it up and they will laugh at him. But the plan is so brilliant, says the Lord. It could only have been given by me. A simple stone that only could have been given by me. Now, that might not make too much sense to anybody. It's been questioned as to what are they talking about this in the Kim Clement fan club, the people that still, you know, think about him and listen to his prophecies and try to make heads and tails of what he was saying. Kim saw Trump early in the game. I mean, when you hear him talking, he died just before Trump became president. And when you listen to him, he had a, a deep admiration for the belief in somebody was going to come and do this and you know for quite a while I don't think that he made the Trump connection maybe he did in the end because I mean in the end 2014 is when most of this stuff that he was talking about on the Trump thing was when he was talking about it but when he died just before the election probably by then maybe he understood who Trump was what what the trumpet was I don't know that he ever understood the black stone remark because I don't know that he ever knew about Shungite. And Shungite is something that came from outer space. It was sent here. And it has magical properties that are very impressive. Well, one of the synchronicities, the coincidence that comes into this story, this particular story, is that when Trump began to, uh, I don't even know if he was in the primary race, but it was right before he, he announced for the primary race. He was caught in a traffic jam, and somebody who was walking down the sidewalk noticed that it was Donald Trump in that car. Now remember, he was, uh, he was on that 
show of his, I'm trying to think of what the name of it is, but, you know, you're fired, you're fired, the apprentice. Um, so he was a known personality. But she sees him stuck in traffic, and she was moved to reach into her pocket and take a piece of shungite, one of mine, and reached into the car and said, Sir, I'd like to give you this. And he reached out, and he took it into his hand. He looked at it, and he said, Oh, a stone. I love stones. I think he said rock. A rock. I think he said rock. Rock. A rock. I love rocks. Okay? So... Trump had Shungite. Trump had that small little stone that is so magical. I can't get into all the magic that's involved in it, but I highly recommend that you just keep this in the back of your mind whenever you're thinking about Shungite. You know, I think it leveled the playing field. I think it gave us the ability to offset the toxic food, the toxic water, the EMF, all of the toxicity that's surrounding us can be mitigated by shungite. Your brain will begin to lose the fog and begin to think. So, just an added part of the show. I thank you for being here. Be safe. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Radio 5G, a production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you for listening.